This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, and with me is from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. Let's just go ahead and dive right into it, because earlier this week, we celebrated a, a milestone. WWE celebrated a milestone there, Jay Hood. You there's, a little confused there, pal? I am a little confused, pal, because there's someone missing on the show. Oh, yeah, we don't. He, he's, he's off this week. He thought he was going to be here. He didn't know his flight times, and he was unable to make the show, um, as he's apparently taking vacation, as people do. Um, yes. throughout the course of the summer. So Brian Rowitz is going to see uh, Defy in uh, Portland. He's going to the <laughs> Northwest, flying from Florida to uh, Portland to be able to see indie wrestling. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, I mean, good good for him to convince his wife to go to watch some indie wrestling shows with him in, in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the most impressive part about the whole thing. Um, yeah. So earlier this week in WWE, Triple H celebrated his one-year anniversary of taking over creative since Vince McMahon retired, but then is now since unretired and come back um, as part of the WWE merger with UFC, and they're going to have their own company and all those different things. But now we've had Triple H be in charge of creative with that title for one year. What grade would you give Triple H for year one? Uh, it is a solid B. Maybe close, maybe leaning toward a B minus, uh, and here are some of the reasons why. First of all, it starts with the uh, the women. Um, you had thought that the women would have more of a chance under Triple H with Vince when he was out for a while. That's not been the case. I'll give an example: SmackDown had zero percent, like zero minutes of women wrestling on SmackDown. I know that was eaten up a lot by the bloodline, but again, that gives the example of what's going on with the women. So no women's matches on SmackDown from there. I thought the tag team titles would be a little hotter. Now, this is not a shot at the Usos, but I thought that there would be strong contenders for the Usos championships. And, hey, their reign's been great. But how do we grade it, Gabe? Honestly, like it's like the Usos having those championships for a long time, but no real contenders. The difference is, like with Roman, at least there were contenders mm-hmm. for the, his uh, universal championship. And so that made sense. So I think that that's been a problem. I think the women's tag team titles has not been solved since Mercedes and, and Trinity were there. That has not been a very good. The Bray Wyatt thing was fumbled. Uh, I think that that's not good. But on the other side, the bloodline has been the best storyline the last two or three years in WWE. How, how much credit does he get for that? Well, he's part of it. Yeah. I mean, he's part of it. He's, he's in the room. Yeah, certainly. Fair. But I, I, I because again, the, the bloodline, as you mentioned, it's been going on for two or three years. So how much mm-hmm. do you give him? Because I, I give him a lot of credit because I think some of the best stuff for the bloodline has been over the last year with Sami Zayn and now bloodline civil war. I think that's been handled pretty well. Um, but like you mentioned, I mean, there have been swings and misses Bray Wyatt being the big one, the Mountain Dew pitch black match didn't work out in any, for anybody. No. Um, you know, he obviously brought in Karrion Cross. thought that would be, you know, we thought that he would be very involved. Hasn't really been, been that involved, but, and, and, and the biggest issue that he took over and we discussed right away when he came in was, Contenders for Roman Reigns, which he didn't really figure mm-hmm. out. And how? what are you going to do to get those championships? Do you split them off Roman? How do you get them off of Roman? What do you do? And he never really figured that out. They just came up with a different championship, put it on Seth Rollins, and here we are with the, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So there are certain things that we were hoping and expecting him to take care of. But at the same time, like I, I feel like he... He has done some really good things. Um, I think the entire Backlash show in Puerto Rico was a lot of fun. 
WrestleMania was fun this year. Um, just kind of get the whole Logan Paul experiment has been pretty good. You know, anytime he appears on television and in matches, I think that's been pretty good. He's been very good as a heel. I'm with you. I, I think I'm giving him a B. There, there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered, but Gunter's been fantastic. And, and everybody in Imperium, like there are certainly big hits that he's had. He's, and, and, and I feel like we have to give him a, a little bit of a break. Because we, we always talk about how Tony Khan over in AEW is a neophyte booker. And granted, Triple H did have all the experience at NXT. But it's different two hours a week versus five hours a week of Raw, SmackDown, trying to make all of that work together. So being year one of, of figuring that out, it's, it's not quite the curve I'm willing to give TK because he's somebody who wasn't in the business and Triple H is, but I think we have yeah. to give him a little bit, you know, so that's where I think the B, I guess I may lean towards B plus because of the, 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 the really, the stuff that's good to me has been really good. Imperium bloodline. Um, I, I'd like to see maybe a couple more contenders out of the women's division. I don't think to, to your point, I don't think he's built anyone up. Everyone that he, that is still involved in the championship scenes are, are women that were there and already established when he took over. So we haven't seen the rise of any of those stars, but I I think he's done a a pretty good job. Now that's the next thing I think he needs to figure out. What's the ending of the bloodline story? And how do you start building more young champions, not necessarily champions, but championship contenders within the roster you have? Those are the next you know, those are year two questions that I have for Triple H. Yeah, so the bloodline and how that ends and how it's been continuing, which has been amazing. The mid-card titles mean something again. He made sure that the Intercontinental and the United States Championships meant something now in WWE. Um, the Judgment Day has been a win, especially the refurbished mm-hmm. uh, Judgment Day without Edge. Uh, and so, you know, what's really strange, it's not just a very WWE problem. It's like across wrestling. Man, we were going back to the attitude era of factions, and now all these things are breaking up. Look across the board. All these factions are yeah. breaking up, and it's like, wait, wait a minute now. Like, with the bloodline, it's different because that's just a story. But when the Judgment Day, there's hints of maybe some problems there. Uh, we see this in AEW as well. It's like, wait, that you have factions to spin off a star or two out of it to give them their own story. And so I think it's a little hasty with that. But I think it's a solid B, if nothing else. Look. The reason why it's not lower is because, look, I mean, Vince McMahon came, it was left and then came back during his tenure. So it's almost like Triple H, like, I'm presiding over this, but yet Vince says he doesn't want to be in the weeds, but yet he's always on the phone, tearing up scripts an hour, an hour and a half before the shows. That can't be good when Triple H wants to have a certain thing that he wants to do. But I think the biggest thing for me, Gabe, is the women. I think that's been fumbled. I don't think it's been... Uh, very good. Maybe it's getting better now moving forward, but over the first year of his tenure, not great. What's the best women's storyline you think he's told? Um, Well, I think that, first of all, damage control and the surprise mm-hmm. of that was fantastic. I think all three of us said at the time, we said, man, look at this out of nowhere. Faction just ready built. No story. Here they come down the aisle at WrestleMania, right? And that was great. I think that that was fantastic. Um, the Bianca Belair winning the championship was while Vince was still in Correct. charge. Correct. Yeah, that it? happened because she had it from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. Then we have Charlotte. Charlotte's always always been great. Oscar's always See, been. Solid. I, I think the best thing that he's done. I, I think the best storyline they've told over the last year on the women's side has been 
this Becky Lynch, now Zoe Stark's involved, and Trish Stratus. I think that's the best thing they've done because you've been able to take a current star. Again, it, it it's it's a little bit it's it's different, but it's kind of sprinkling in a bit of what evolution was, which he was a part of, you know, the past, present, and future. So you have the past and Trish, the present and Becky, and potentially the future in Zoe Stark being a part of that as well. I think that's kind of been the best thing he's done. Because again, like we, we've complained about how Raquel Rodriguez, sure, she's a champion. She's a tag team champion now, but what's her character? Why do I, why should I care about her? Zoe right. Stark, they're giving us reasons to care about her within the storyline that they're telling with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. The whole thing with Zoe Stark, and that's kind of a foreshadowing to one of my uh, matches of the week. The reason why I like her is because I didn't see, I saw zero of her in NXT. Yep. I didn't know who she nope. was. And she comes on the scene, I'm like, boy, she looks really good. I guess a veteran even before coming to NXT. I didn't know anything about her, but she looks comfortable in there. I really like what I saw there. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's recency, what we're seeing here with that, but at least it's something. It it, it doesn't make Becky, or rather, a, yeah, Becky Lynch, over the top, uh, strong because she is losing some matches on mm-hmm. TV. That just only helps build her character, kind of like what Britt Baker's doing in AEW. Same thing, losing some matches to try to build her back up. Yeah, and 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 look, I mean, I've, but Zoe's like the only new person that's been involved in like main event angles in, in WWE because it's still, you know, it's still Bianca Belair, still Charlotte, still Asuka. You know, um, I mean, Bailey's Bailey's kind of been there. I mean, outside of EO Sky getting that opportunity at the Saudi show at, at you know a, a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago at this point, there haven't really been new contenders that have emerged. It's kind of been the same people that we've just played musical chairs with those championships over the last two three years. We saw Natty Neidhart a couple weeks ago. We gave her Match of the Week mm-hmm. honors because of how she battled. I mean, there is, there's a hiring freeze in WWE, Gabe. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, you don't need to hire more talent. You just need to work with the talent that you have yeah. and cultivate that NXT talent and make them stars. Zoe Stark is a great example of that. But, I mean, overall, though, like – I mean, he tried, he tried with Liv, you know, and, and people like myself and Rowich were excited about it, but it fell flat on his face. Yeah. And now they're trying to clean her up again, mm-hmm. being with Raquel Rodriguez. They're trying to clean it up. And I I have, you know what? They're not giving up on Liv Morgan, which is great. They're, when She she has a little bit of a, an attitude, which I yeah. like. And you look at Bianca Belair. She's not a heel. I know that's what's on wrestling tw- Twitter. Oh, she's turned heel. No, she has a little bit of an attitude now. I've been waiting. I've been saying that for months on this show. Where is the next level for Bianca Belair? She's still waving the braid and she's still, you know, shaking her ass. But there's something with her that's a little bit more edgy, as you've been seeing the last couple of weeks. I've been waiting for that. That's a, just a different level of the character. I like yeah, it. Because you, you couldn't just, you know, she can only be the smiling baby face that waves the braid for so long. Like you have to evolve mm-hmm. that character. Just like, again, I think the bloodline has evolved. I think that Imperium has evolved. The, 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 the really good stuff that Triple H has done, they haven't just stayed the same for the past year. You, ha- you have mm-hmm. to have some sort of evolution for the characters in order for us to connect to them as fans, for us to care as fans. Hey, Let's give him credit. You know what, Gabe? Let's give him credit. Because of McMahon's involvement and him trying to keep some of these storylines fresh, this is a far cry from when McMahon was residing over all of it. So hats off to him for what he's trying to do. Like It's like Tony Khan. It's not going to take – you can't do this all in a year or two. It's going to take time. And so 
the best way they could help out the World Heavyweight Championship situation is like, well, they can't take it off of Roman, even though they could have. Let's create another world championship. And so all of us as wrestling fans, we held our nose and we said, okay, <laughs> Seth Rollins is a champion, but not really the champion. And it, you know what? If nothing else, on these house shows, I'm sure people are buying tickets to see Seth because they want to get vocally oh, yeah. involved with him. They believe in the veteran because he's been around for a while. So, I mean, for what he's been able to handle and his hands tied at times with Vince in and out, it's a it's a B for yeah. me, and 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 the arrow's pointing up for the one hundred percent. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've, I've got faith that things are only going to get better with Triple H. But again, I think he his potential is limited as long as Vince is changing things at the last minute. The way we keep hearing that he is, as as long as Vince is going to be involved, the potential for Triple H is limited. That's just the way it is. Could you imagine we have our show meetings on your show on ESPN Milwaukee and me and ESPN Chicago, and we've got it all set. Like, all right, these are the things that we're going to talk about. And all of a sudden, here comes Craig Carmazon. He comes in and goes, oh, that's not what we want to do here. We're going to tear up the script, and you guys are going to talk about something else. Well, it's like, well, wait a minute. It's 10 minutes before the show. We've talked about this. We've we've texted back and forth. We got what we want, and all of a sudden it just changes. Well, imagine a television show that you got to – Fill three hours of content when the old man gets on Zoom or the phone call. He doesn't do Zoom on the phone. <laughs> I want to change things. I want more Miz. What? Why? <laughs> so, and, and yeah, you got to figure that out on the fly. It's it's tough for Triple H, but I'm with you. I think the arrow is pointing up. Some of the other top stories going on in the prof- world of professional wrestling. We like to call it the three count. We start with number one, heading over to AEW, where on Saturday night they will have. Their finals in the Owen Hart Memorial Men's Tournaments. It'll be CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. Does it make more sense for Punk to win and win this big honor? He's been a big Hart family supporter throughout his entire career. Or does it make sense for Ricky Starks, a younger star, to come out on top Saturday night at Collision? Well, well, let's go back to Saturday night, last Saturday, with Samoa Joe and CM Punk. And so the question was at that time, like, I mean, so Punk never beat Samoa Joe. They drummed that into our yep. head. So the, entire, for, Punk- the entire night, not just not just leading up to it, the entire <laughs> yes. night, they made sure that everybody knew that Punk never beat Samoa Joe. Okay, and then Punk wins with a roll-up. Okay, one, two, three. So because Punk and Ricky Starks are friends in this whole thing of, what is it, CMFTR? Yep whatever it is with Ricky Starks in it. I just, I just think that it's time for Ricky Starks to be able to shine here. I think this show has been able to support Ricky Starks. And we say, since he came from the NWA, this guy has got, he's got the attitude. He's got charisma. He wrestles well. The, the fans are behind him. And the reason why it's time for him to win something of significance beside the FTR champion or the FTW championship is because he's no spring chicken. You know he's like in his early thirties, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's funny how like we see these guys all the time. It's like I've never seen him before. Yeah, Damian Priest is forty. Yeah, I was about to say Damian's, <laughs> Damian's not young. You know, he's not <laughs> like L.A. Knight's in his forties. You know, like yeah, like you need to like get these guys going here, right? Like like okay, he's in his early thirties. It's he's not some young guy. He's been on the indie scene for a long time. I think that if you want to do something new, that I believe that. Um, that the young man should win. CM Punk is going to be able to be over. It's already his show. Ricky Starks deserves the opportunity to be 
um, the Owen Hart champion because that gives him a, a launching pad to be like, okay, Owen Hart guy, now he's going to be a contender for some singles championship. He got hot in that feud with MJF. And they, they rushed it, and you knew he – I mean, it was right after MGF had won the title. You knew that Ricky Starks had no chance of winning, and they didn't really have a, a direction for Ricky. See, like you said, CM Punk can lose this. I don't think Ricky Starks can. Like, I, I, at this point, I think you need to have Ricky Starks go over, and this is something that Rowett's fantasy booked when the brackets were released, that, okay, this is how you do it. Punk comes back, and, and really for Punk to get into the good graces of – you know, some of these fans that have been booing him. Now, some have been doing it because they perceive him as a heel, so they boo him out of respect. But others just didn't want CM Punk back in AEW, and they, you know, they're on the Young Bucks side or whatever. If he if he does the job for Ricky Starks, I think that's going to win him favor of a certain section of the professional wrestling AEW fan base. And I think that's only a good thing. Like, hey, I came back. Yep, I, I made it all the way to the finals. But we're going to put Ricky Starks over. And I think that's part of the reason why Punk wanted to come back to wrestling in the first place. I think he wanted to wrestle with, again, Ricky Starks isn't a young up-and-comer. But, you know, yeah. somebody somebody that they can build to be a new star in AEW. And Ricky's on that ascent. He needs that springboard. And CM Punk and the Owen Hart tournaments, that's that springboard for them to take advantage of. It doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything other than he's a good ambassador for the Hart family, and if the foundation wanted him to be the champion, that's the only reason it makes sense for Punk to win. From an AEW building stars standpoint, Punk's the one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star you have, and letting having Ricky Starks go over him, that's, fan, that, that's huge for Ricky Starks going forward because he's going to have that under his belt. Uh, I'm going to say it in a plain, clear voice. If Ricky Starks loses against CM Punk, Ricky Starks is dead. Yeah. He's in the blood in AEW. Just, and, and, and and I know that, that sounds harsh, but it's just like, well, you're just another guy. And and by the way, if Ricky Starks was 23, I'd be all for Punk to go over. Sure. But he's, he's not 23. He's not some he's this is not action Andretti. No, this isn't okay? Hook. <laughs> this is it's not a young hook, you know. It's it's not that to me. This guy needs to have something. You have to be able to establish stars. And I think that um, as much as AEW is getting a lot of attention and it's a growing brand, yes, you're building it with star WWE stars. Yep. You, you kind of are. But at some point, you got to have your AEW guys. And I, at this time, Ricky Starks is an AEW guy. Give him this Owen Hart thing. And here's the thing, like, I don't know if the average fan will remember six months from now. Yeah, who won the Owen Owen Men's Cup? That's I, I, he's not carrying the title around because that's not what they do. No. But they, what they should do is be like, okay, since he's won this, all right, now he should be a contender for the championship with Luchasaurus, yeah, or some other singles title. He should get. He should get. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind to see Ricky Starks go after the international title. I know, sure. you know, if if he wins that international title, which has become the Workman's title of. AEW, like I think he could fit into that, you know, have a bunch of matches on Collision or on Dynamite, whichever, and you know, continue the the, the line that the tradition that that Orange Cassidy has started with that championship, and have some some really good matches and continue to build yourself. So maybe one day you go and you can go at MJF again or or whatever, because that's the one thing that that AEW is also struggling with. We just talked about it with WWE trying to find contenders for Roman. 
AEW is kind of struggling to find contenders for MJF, which is why Adam Cole is in this comedy-esque tag team with MJF right now as part of this tag team eliminator tournament. You know how ridiculous that is, though? You know how many people are sitting back and catering that they're, or, they, or they don't travel and they're just waiting to get on TV? Yeah. And you, have a, you have a long, long list, a big roster that you can put against MJF. No, we'll just make him babyface for a while and just kind of just do a little jazz hands until we can figure this thing out. It's like, it's just bad booking. It, it just mm-hmm. is, right? And it, like MJF now is just going to be cooled off as a heavyweight champion just to be in this thing that you know how it's going to end with Adam Cole. Is it entertaining? Yes, it is. Or the world champion is not, you know, in a serious uh, feud or a, a uh, program with someone else for the title. And it's just, I don't get it. Blood and guts. That should be the title should be defended at blood and guts, but it won't be. No, no, it won't be. No, because I mean, maybe they break up soon. I don't know. I'm guessing they want to squeeze a little bit more money out of the "I'm better than you, baby" t-shirts that they're selling. Um, <sighs> which I, I don't know. I will admit they're cool, but I would never purchase one because I know this. Whatever's going on, I know is short term. I, this yes. isn't this isn't going to be something that lasts for a long time. It's not built yes. for that. Um, you know, it's not like you know. Next time AEW comes to Milwaukee, I'm not going to be able to wear my "I'm better than you, baby" T-shirt. Like it's just not <laughs> not going to be not going to be working around then. So again, so it just makes more sense, I think, for Starks to win this one when when we're when we're doing that. It's um, that it, it, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. You know, trying to figure that I out. I want to share this with you, a text that I got from a wrestler from AEW. Okay. Ready? Hit me. Did you watch AEW last night? If so, someone needs to yank Tony Schiavone off the desk and smarten him up not to bury the boys during the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Now, hold on. Now, I did not respond to this yet because it was early this morning. And I I needed coffee and this show and to talk this out with you before I respond. So uh, is are they talking about how Tony was talking about Adam Cole and MJF because that was the gimmick. Yes. The whole thing is that Tony Tony hates those two and those two hate Correct. Tony. And so so if if he was a heel bearing those two and, and their you know their togetherness and their tag team, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Like the, the first thing that these two bonded over was their mutual hate of Tony Schiavone. That was the first thing these two bonded over when they were initially put together as a tag team, that was, that was the foundation of what you're now seeing them playing video games together, working out together, ripping shots together. That was the foundation of their current relationship. I I, I guess I I'll answer it that way. The way you answer the way, the way you just told me, I will text that person back. Like, are you watching the product, your own product? <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand that that's the gimmick? Unless it was something I missed. I don't know. Maybe it was the main event of Dynamite they're talking about, but maybe I'll respond and ask, are you talking about Cole and MJF? Because if so, I'll have a screed of the reasons why you're not watching your own product in the back. Yeah, no, they're they're MJF. They're they're exactly what Roderick Strong and Adam Cole were talking about. No, this this guy doesn't walk the show back. Yeah, he's not, he's gonna be totally oblivious to what we're talking about. You know, it's because yeah, Shivani's not burying anyone. That's just it's part of the show. And and I don't think I missed something on Dynamite last night during the main events. No, they uh, Shivani said wins and loss do matter in AEW, and he's talking about Swerve Strickland yeah. his victory over the kid yesterday. But I didn't think that that was egregious no. at all. Um, 
but no, okay. I don't think that was, I, I don't think that was burying. It. Yeah. I don't think that was burying anyone. All right. Yeah. That's what, that's why I, I asked a friend this. So now I know how to, I know how to be able to respond to this guy. Uh, so what did you think? You mentioned that the Swerve Strickland match. I, I, I don't think it's, unless you, unless it's coming up in the match of the week. I don't think it was. It's yeah, not, okay. Because uh, I didn't think that Nick Wayne was going to make the, the match of the week. Um, you guys built it up to me last week. And yes, he can wrestle. But there are some things that he can. I'm not saying from like a technical wrestling standpoint. But if I saw him go down to the ground and raise his arms, trying to get everybody into it one more time. Like, you don't need to do that every time your ass hits the mat, man. Like, every time yeah. he went down, the arms came up. Like, what, what are we doing here? That's what you do in the indies. <laughs> that, was, that was an indie yeah. thing. Okay. So, yeah, no, no. Broats and I have seen him at Defy, yep. and that was the less, that's the least of uh, the action that we've seen him in with Squirt Strickland. We saw him for a 30 minute match, and it was fantastic. He took Will Ospreay to 25, 30 minutes. The kid can go. That was the wrong finish yesterday. You don't have this hype for two weeks with the video package to talk about this kid's dream. He's eight, he just turned 18, and that's the finish. Nope. That's the wrong opponent and the wrong finish for the young man. If you're trying to build a young star, then you have to be able to – he's got to take on someone less experienced than Swerve Strickland. Even if it was just a schmaz or just like a preliminary match, make the kid look good. That's what you do. I mean, I, I was surprised. I'm watching Dynamite through the storms we had here in the Midwest as I kept getting the blue screen, like, okay, I'm going to be missing Dynamite, like or tornado activity and, like, thunderstorms. I, so, I, you know, I did. I downloaded the app. I went to the oh, TBS wow. app. East Coast feed, West Coast feed, huh, East Coast. <laughs> and so, so I watched it through, through my phone all, all night yesterday. And um, and so I thought, well, when is this match going to ha- take place? The main event? Oh, no, well, no. I no. mean, main event adjacent because no. the main, I mean, it was the last wrestling match. The main event was the reveal of who was on Blood and Guts, which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, it was the last match that went on last night. That's, that's a bad booking. That shouldn't have been the last match on Dynamite. And and again, if you're going to do all this hype and take all this time, these four or five minute pieces, great pieces, by oh, the way, fantastic. not knocking that. But but Nick Wayne can go, and this will be the first time people saw him. And you know what? Actually, the the way he was wrestling, he wrestled like an eighteen year old. Yeah. But the matches I've seen, he wrestled like 20, like he's twenty five. Yeah. See, so I guess that was the problem because I had not seen Nick Wayne. I am a I am a big wrestling fan. Have not seen Nick Wayne wrestle, but you guys talked him up. Like, and it's not it's not like last week or the last two weeks was the first time you guys had talked him up, like. If if you're deep into this, you know, yeah, you've talked him up. If you have seen him wrestle other places like you in Rowitz, like I'm, I'm not the only one who has buddies go, oh, man, wait till you see this guy on Dynamite. Oh, this is going to be awesome. And, and not to say that it was bad, but it was, it was fine. It, it, it's what it was. A, a experienced veteran against an 18-year-old. Yeah. That's what it looked yeah. like. That's what it looked like. And that's not who Nick Wayne is, at least – not on the Indies, <laughs> not in the pie. That's that, and and but and of course, there's a difference, right? You have to wrestle for TV mm-hmm. uh, in AEW. There's a time limit. There's certain things you can and cannot do in AEW versus thirty minutes with a small crowd saying, you know, uh, fight forever, and he's doing all these moves and it's just fantastic. That's what lured me into it when i first saw got the link to watch him against Swerve strickland i said oh my god who is this kid he's 16 doing this so i mean 
maybe he's smarter than the Fox because he is a second generation wrestler. His uncle wrestled as well, Moon Moondog Barretti, so he wrestled too. So it might have been like, hey kid, you're 18. You gotta wrestle and make some mistakes. He kind of did. Yeah. And, and you can see the potential. Like you can see, you know, some of the things that are in there, but it just as much as it was hyped up, it, it did not live up to the hype, which is disappointing for him. And I'm with you, they did not put him in the best position to succeed. Because no. Swerve Strickland has like so many other things going on right now. He probably needed the win in order for him to be a threat and whatever else he's doing. Cause he's, he's again, I feel like he's involved in like six different, you know, feuds at this point. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I came down on that match, but following it up, as I mentioned, as we go to number two on the three counts, the blood and guts mystery partners in the mystery men were revealed. It was the one that we all expected last week on the uh, elite side. They're not going to be the golden elites as uh, Kota Bushi is going to be the mystery man over there, but a, a different, we get the bastard pack is now on the side of the BCC as he has some history with, uh, with Kenny Omega, some hatred towards Kenny Omega. So it makes sense for him to be involved in the blood feud, kind of swerving away from the tease that was Chris Jericho. Ultimately, did they get these blood and guts mystery men right? Uh, based on the story they want to tell, yes. Are there other guys in the locker room that could have filled the bill? We mentioned Jake Hager. He actually was on the show. He gave up the purple hat. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't like the hat anymore. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I've always said this. When you turn in your purple hat, that'll be the end. That's it. I mean, I've always said that about a purple hat. Um, but I, I think that um, based on the story that they want to tell, and that's the connection with New Japan, Gabe, having the Golden Lovers to come back there in Ibushi is fine. But I always have in the back of my mind, just thinking about the novice audience that's just tuned in. I mean, how many people that tuned in said who? Yeah. Seriously, that's a, that guy that's not on the AEW roster. Oh, my God, it's Ibushi. And I'm thinking to myself, I've seen him team with Omega, but not that many times. And I don't know really how special that is. I always think about that because you don't grow your audience that way. I told you the story last week about how the you know they want to do Undertaker versus Christopher Daniels. And he's like, we can bring Daniels in. And McMahon's like, who? I know he doesn't know. Yeah. But he, he brought him in. He's like, he's 5'11". He's not even part of this company. No one will know that you, you bring him in cold. Hey, it's a fallen angel. Yeah? You'll get a smattering of applause from those that are smart. Then the rest of that WWE audience will be like, who the hell is this little guy? And why is he wearing white? Right, so, I mean, no one would understand. Same thing here. Abushi's there. Okay. I, and because of his connection with Omega, fine. The thing that excites me is Pac's yeah. back. I, I, so I that. think that was kind of the insurance option. Like they knew people would be excited about Pac. So, and and again, Abushi wasn't in the building last night. They just had to do a video package. And so they, they just kind of hope that the, the reemergence of Pac, somebody who your audience already knows and has had a history in the WWE and has been around professional wrestling on television for such a long time, that that can carry the excitement through of the people who went, Wait, the Golden Elite, what does that mean? Right. You know, so. I, it's it's inside for everybody else, but for, you know, I don't know if Saskatoon knew what that meant. I mean, I, I mean, I think some did. Yeah. But, that's, I mean, that's, 
there's someone in the company, somebody in the company that's in the back that if you brought them into this fray, it's like, okay, here we go, right? But that's not what that's not the direction they want to go because the EVPs want to have you know this guy from Japan coming in, Pac coming in, and here's what's so great about this, and this is where I'll give them credit for great storytelling. Pac took the mic and told you why he's mm-hmm. back. Broken nose. We're going to get after Omega. We're going to destroy you. I want to be part of this because I want to destroy this this faction. I want to get this golden elite, and I want to tear them up because you broke my nose. Thank you. There's a well, story. And, and it has to be something that you would want to get involved with, the most physical, bloody, damaging you know, way to end a feud in AEW that AEW has in, in Blood and Guts. So you need a legitimate reason. You know, you don't want to just... That's why it wouldn't have necessarily made sense to pull a Jake Hager or just pull a ran, you know random heel or random baby face because you need a legitimate reason to, yeah, I'll put myself through hell for the opportunity to put you through hell. And that's what Pac yeah. did. And Pac did it so quickly, succinctly. He didn't need that much time to explain it. And if you really want to, you can find out and, you know, Google Kota Ibushi and you can see the, the, the team that they were in New Japan and why he might, you know, decide to team up with the elites. But not a lot of people are going to do that work. You have to do that work for your audience. And they didn't really do a great job of that with the video package. You could have at least had him saying a couple of words, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, something, but they, you know, this is how they do things, man. Uh, I, I'll say this, you know, again, giving them credit. This whole thing with Don Callis tells me that J- Chris Jericho has something to do with blood and guts. Yes. I think I think he'll, he'll involve himself one way, shape, or form. We're going to find out uh, whether or not that um, Jericho and Callis will be aligned. Because that just freshens up Jericho again. Yep. They pulled out the old Tony Condello tapes. Now, if, now, you think I'm a wrestling historian. That's beyond me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> You're not into the Canadian. The Canadian independence no. is where you draw the line. I just I don't. I saw it at the bottom of the screen like Tony Condell. Oh, okay. Canadian Indies. Okay. So I, I get it. Bulldog Bob Brower. It was and, wild to see like Don yeah. Callis because he's been in that manager role and like he's been yeah. behind the scenes guy for so long. Like to see him with the long hair and actually as a wrestler was wild to me. It is uh, Don Callis was a lot more cosmetic than actual wrestler. I actually see some of this stuff on YouTube and it's like, oh, he thought he was Ric Flair. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not, not great. I mean, the hair, you saw the flowing robe yeah. and all that. Like, there's a lot of that in Don Callis. Don had the look Canadian Ric Flair, right? St- you stink. <laughs> was a, was a, was not Got good. the business. I, nah, I saw him like Rick Martel. Just like, couldn't, you know, and, and, couldn't execute. I just was like, eh, much better announcer than, than actual wrestler. That's what I saw. Um, and so to see him with flowing hair and him with Chris Jericho and, and Bad News Allen, Bad News Brown. Um, that was cool. The old Condello tapes, but it's kind of like a little bit of a stretch. It's like, I'm going to, we're going to have to connect this by showing stuff from 95. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. It tells a story. Though. Oh, it does. It does tell a story. It does yeah. tell a story. And I, I just struggle to think of, because I don't think in terms of this being a blood feud, I'm glad they didn't go the, the direction of having Jericho be it a, because it was obvious. So you got the swerve, you got the surprise of Pac being back. But also, mm-hmm. like, okay, so your buddies with your buddies with Callus, that you have to hate the other side in order to get involved with this feud. 
And I just yes. don't think that they would have been able to find anybody else that made sense for the elite other than Kota Ibushi. Like I just who, who else would have made sense in that spot that just would have absolutely hate the the Blackpool the Blackpool Combat Club. Even in the year plus history they've been around, the, the the BCC has been so disjointed that they haven't been together. You know, they've they've you know Danielson kind of did his own thing for a little bit because uh, Moxley was doing his own thing because he became champ because of all the injuries and everything that that you know did. I, I don't know if there would have been anybody else that would have hated the BCC to get involved and, and be want to be with the elite. Uh, William Regal. <laughs> That's yeah. the answer. <laughs> William Regal is the answer. No, no, it's fine. I just, you know, they're working on it. They've, they've told the story that they want to tell. And as we always say, once it gets in the ring, it's going to be amazing. Because I can't wait to see Blood and Guts. Oh, it's going to be great. In, I can't wait to see it in picture in picture. Blood and Guts continue because well, it's going to be the last hour of the show. See, that's the, and that's the whole problem with this. Uh, eventually, and we'll talk about this at some point, either this week or next week, eventually that will be a pay-per-view. So you can see it without picture in yeah. picture. Because Blood and Guts is not designed to be... Blood and Guts is hard enough to follow when it's the only thing on the screen. Because it's two rings, it's ten men, who knows where they're going to be, and then you shrink it down to picture in picture, and it just it becomes too tough to follow. You know what would be cool, Gabe? Like this is beyond the time now since it's 2023. AEW's had so many banger matches. Wouldn't this be the classic DVD set? Oh of, yes, of great match yeah, and absolutely. Wouldn't you be first in line to be able to get the DVD set of all these classic matches? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we'll see if they, you know, decide to put anything together. I mean, the the, the deal that the the company they work with has famously a streaming platform. Whether or not they're going to start putting things on there still remains to be seen. But we go back to the WWE for number three in the three counts. Uh, mm-hmm. Friday night involved a lot of the bloodline. And the rest of the show was painfully obvious that the bloodline probably went over their allotted time to begin the show. And they clo- they opened and closed the show. And it's easy to see why the opening was the opening because it ended up kind of going long. And if you do that at the end, they've had to condense it. So instead you get um, the only thing worth anything was the bloodline on Friday night. You had a, a, an AJ styles and carrying cross match that basically ended up being a squash match. Uh, Your women were pretty much unrepresented on Friday night on SmackDown. There just wasn't anything else that you could wrap your hands around on that show. So was it too much bloodline? Is it too much bloodline Friday nights on SmackDown? Well, I know that's a Broads question because you and I don't feel that way. That definitely is a Brian Rhodes yeah. question. I mean, it, ha- it has. I felt bad for Karrion Cross because I thought that that could have been a good match and it just had to be a squash. Like it, it was very obvious the way the rest of the show ended up getting paced because they didn't take any commercials. They're like... Oh boy. Um, well, I guess we got to take up a commercial here. Now you guys have two minutes. We're going to take up a commercial here, commercial there, because we still have bl- other bloodline business we need to get to by the end of the show. No, well, it's not too much bloodline, and they could have had more for me. It would have been just yeah. fine because because that's the fallout of what happened at Money in the mm-hmm. Bank. So I so I'm totally fine with it. They could have had more. As a matter of fact, let me see. Last week, Gabe, SmackDown had 24% wrestling, 
29 minutes total of wrestling, of actual okay. wrestling in ring performances uh, on on SmackDown. But here's the thing. Here's where I will agree with Michael Cole, and I rarely agree with him. He says that this story deserves an, an Emmy. And I, but you never think of wrestling in those no. terms, right? It's about soap operas, it's about TV shows. He goes, Who's doing better TV than we are on cable? And he's right. He's right. This stuff goes to Vanderpump Rules and it goes to Real Housewives and all these other shows, right? But who's doing better TV than them? Michael Cole is right. He believes that this stuff is Emmy Award winning. And he is correct. Like it sh They should be in the category, and they should be able to get a uh, award for what they've been able to do. There's no doubt that they deserve more. Now, look, it's Madison Square Garden, so big things happen, right? Uh -huh. You would think like you want big matches in Madison Square Garden, but you know what? This was so hot, it could have been it could have been the whole two hours because it told a great story, beginning and end, to lead us to a possibility of again Jey Uso against Roman Reigns. I got no problem. I, with I it. had zero problem. I mean, I, because of the way my brain works. Um, and being a radio host, so you're you're trying to be conscious of clocks. You know, it's just kind of peek behind the curtain when you're hosting a radio show because you want to hit your marks. You want to hit, yes. okay, we have to break by this time. That way we have this much time for that. Break by this time. And you want to do – and look, sometimes we're bad at keeping the clock on our show, Jen Game and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee. It happens. But I'm yes. watching I'm watching the bloodline uh, or the, 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 the tribunal of Robin Reigns. You know, of of is he going to be the, the tribal chief anymore? And he was, you know, ready to give up the lay and, and do all those things. It was just fantastic drama. Like, I was wildly entertained by it. Every once in a while, I'd peek down at the clock and go, man, the rest of the show is so screwed, but I don't care. This is so good. <laughs> like, I was into yeah. it. So I don't think that the, the bloodline was too much this past Friday. And the other thing is, like, Roman Reigns has done such a good job as in this tribal chief role. And again, tip of the cap to him. I know it bothers some wrestling fans. And at times I'll admit it does bother me that you have your biggest champion not around all the time. Mm -hmm. So when he is around, why not have something like this where you can blow it out? He's there. Take advantage of him being there and, and, and do what you did on Friday. It's yeah. You, you end up feeling sorry for some of the other things that end up getting cuts, but look, you, you got to put what's best. For you on TV, and this is what's the best thing in the WWE right now. So if the bloodline is the best thing in the WWE, you can't say that LA Knight isn't. For him to be a digital extra, mm -hmm. that's yes. Now that's not right. Okay. For him to take out Hit Row in two minutes, like, oh, I only got two minutes. I'm gonna take out all uh, you know, two members of the hit row, LA Knight. I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, like you can't, like, you could have done that on television. People want to see LA Knight because he's a draw. Now that's wrong. But I, I, but as far as the bloodline is concerned, you had to be able to have that all lay out. No one thought that Roman Reigns would go down, would go down to bended knee, take off the lay, almost hand over the championship. Just like I don't want this. I got five kids in the back. They're watching this. They're watching you. You can't. We can't keep doing this. And then luring in Jay Uso, Jimmy and Jay Uso both go to the hospital. Jay comes back at the yeah. end. It sets up the matchup. You see Jay Uso wear out Solo his own brother, his own brother with the with the chair. I mean, is that is that better than any match that you can get on WWE SmackDown that Friday yeah, night? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. The, and, but I, and I know that for the average wrestling fan, it's like, well, how could you say that a storyline is bigger than a, a wrestling match? Well, when it's the best that we've seen probably ever, it deserves the time. This is. 
this is like the one exception I'll make to that because for years and years and years, and I know we had our rant about, you know, ratings last week, but one of the most watched segments of Monday night raw was when they had a gauntlet match. They, they did like this yeah. hour long gauntlet match. And it was like the most watched, you know, Seth Rollins was in it. It was, you know, five, six years ago, whatever, whatever it was. It was one of the most watched things in like years for WWE. Like, Oh, imagine that wrestling fans actually like wrestling. And yes, yes, wrestling fans, we do. We love the action in the ring. I think it's part of the reason why AEW has been able to have the success that they've had because of the action that they put on the ring. But every once in a while, there's a story that just transcends everything. And it doesn't happen very often. So ride it while you got it. Figure it out. Keep keep it going. And it's been compelling storytelling. It, it, they found a way to keep it going. And, and I yeah, just keep it rolling. If, if they did it again this upcoming Friday... I wouldn't have a problem with it. If they did whatever the next step in the story is, if they did it as well as what they did this past Friday, keep it going. Make Friday Night Smackdown all bloodline all the time. I don't care. The litmus test is markets like New York City, right? Because usually if they don't like it, they shit. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and, and it could be the most popular thing in the WWE. Ask John Cena. <laughs> Maybe the most popular thing in WWE, right? And it's like they will kick it out of bed so quick. And it doesn't matter if it's the hottest thing. Like, if they're bored with it, they will turn. That was sold out, and they were into it. They were at the edge of their seats because they understand the importance of the story. So that's the litmus test. It wasn't in Oklahoma City. It wasn't in Tampa. It's in New York City, and it's it's at it's in their backyard. This is WWE's most popular building. They can go anywhere in the world. The Garden is the McMahons, and they still – and they loved it. And so clearly – nobody really had a problem with it. I saw this stuff in the conjecture on wrestling uh, Twitter about it, like, oh, the bloodline. They took up the time of some of my favorites. You know what? You can see your favorites on Raw and SmackDown another time. This is the garden. It's a fallout from the pay-per-view. You got to watch yeah, it. Yeah. LA Knight could have taken the place of um, AJ Styles and Karrion Cross. Like, you could have pushed that match to next week and given it sure. its proper time or – figured it out or found a better way to get a woman's match on there. But I guess I, I, I felt like, cause I saw that argument like, Oh, they had zero women, zero minutes of actual women's wrestling on SmackDown. And that's just unacceptable. Look, normally I'm with you. Normally I'm right there with you, but this week was just, a, it was different. It was an exception. It's not like they didn't have a women's segment at all. Cause they did like, there was barely any wrestling on the show because of the way they had to, kind of change it all around because the bloodline went over their time dude so would you have been happy if if you were somebody who was complaining about the women not having a match on smackdown so okay put whatever women's match you want in that aj styles carrying cross three minute match is that making you happy no it's not like no it just checks a box you're just just checking a a box box at that point like the, the entire show got blown up because of the bloodline and to me that's the aberration it's it's not going to be like that going forward. No, um, and you know two things. One, I know Fox was happy with it. Yeah, um, because I'm sure they saw the numbers. Like, oh, that's outstanding. Just for that first quarter hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other thing is too, besides the TV ratings, which we don't talk about here anymore, just the downloads on YouTube and the interest on TikTok and everywhere else to be able to see this over and over and over again. The other thing too is if there's a timing issue with these segments. In the old school would be someone at the score at the table, almost a scores table. <laughs> Ready for I was about to say, season. like, I mean, football season's around the corner. We still got a couple months before your uh, your basketball play by play picks up, pal. 
Going to Bahamas, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, how about that? Thanksgiving. So um, I'll be off that show. Uh, I'll be off at GKW well, that well, you, well, Who's going to be our representative at the AEW Wednesday night show the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? Oh, you. boy, that's, gonna on, that's on me now? Yes, yes, you're going to drive in. <laughs> it's not that far for you. The other thing is, too, at the little timekeeper's table used to be someone that waved, used to wave their um, their tie, like a Blackjack Lanza or a Hebner. Be like, okay, you guys are going over. He'd wave, they'd wave the tie. That was the old thing in the 80s, right? And But no one stopped uh, and, them. Hey, I was about to say, in, in the spirit of Jimmy V Week over at ESPN Radio, um, yeah. you know, it, uh, one of my favorite parts of the Jimmy V speech is, you know, at one point he goes, this guy's telling me 30 seconds. I got tumors all over my body. Like, he clearly doesn't care. Like, if somebody told Roman he was going over there, you think he gives a rip? He's like, he knew that what they were doing was golden, and the rest of the show had no chance at being as good. He was going to do whatever he wanted. I would have loved for Roman Reigns to take the mic. He's like, look at this guy wrapping me up. I'm the tribe of the you gonna tell me to wrap up? What are you talking about? I got a lay on. What do you mean? Like, could you, could you imagine this guy? You're so right. That's the key to the Valvana. Like, give up. Don't ever give up is great. Yes. But the idea that he calls out the guy over there in the back that's telling him a guy with, with cancer, hey, wrap yeah. it up. Hey, cancer, wrap it up. Are you serious? I would have fired that guy on the spot. Are you trying to wrap up Jimmy? This guy's giving one of the more iconic speeches ever. And you're like, hey, we got to keep this thing moving. What? What are we doing? I've been champion all this time. I've been leading this company for three and a half years with this story. You're wrapping it up. This guy's telling me to wrap up. Do you this? I would have loved that. That would have oh, funny as man. Hell. So we'll see what happens this week on Friday Night SmackDown. Again, I doubt they blow out the first half hour the way they did, but. Who knows with Roman? Maybe they do. Jay, Jay Uso wore out Solo Sokoa. It it's so the first good. time we saw Solo like that. Yes. Laid out like that. Okay, so Solo's going to have something. To, well, I was going to say he's going to have something to say. He didn't talk. Yeah. But he's going to want to do something to Jay. So uh, a Jay Solo match would not surprise me or something along that that those lines. So, I mean, if it's another 30 minutes, it's another 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean. It's fine. Tell the story. If, if you tell me that in – because we still have, well, we've got three weeks or so before SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, in traditional pro wrestling storytelling, like you have to beat the henchman in order to get to the boss. Like, yep. you're telling me, I, I think it's in, completely in the realm of possibility of Roman going, yeah, you can get another shot at me in this title if you go through Solo. You got to beat Solo. You got no chance of beating Solo. And then he beats Solo. Maybe Jimmy comes back, helps him beat Solo, whatever. And that's how we set up what we get, what we think we're going to get at SummerSlam, which is main event Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. Makes the most sense to me. Uh, moving on to some news and notes that we have this week. We begin with Jeff Hardy, who has been back with AEW. Well, he's going to be making an appearance in GCW. They have a show in Detroit August 4th that happens to be coincidentally the day before SummerSlam which is also going to be in Detroit. Thoughts on Jeff Hardy in GCW making an appearance? Well, first of all, that's smart for GCW. You go where the action is, right? Whether it's the WWE or whether it is uh, AEW, you go there. And so they not like you're going to take their fans, but at least there's a wrestling interest in the market. That's how you do it. So that's smart for them to be in Detroit. It's a, And that's a really good wrestling market, so I think that's great. Um why is Jeff Hardy doing this? Is he not getting enough time in AEW? I mean, when you do see him, 
that's a far cry from the Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. I know. I don't know what that is. And so I guess it's just a challenge where it's kind of freewheeling. You can kind of do your death-defying crap uh, in, in, uh, in that particular company. But, you know, I, I think that what I want for Jeff Hardy is for him to, one, be sober, and number two, to be safe. You know, he still pops a crowd. I was just there at uh, – where was I in in Chicago? Wintrust when uh, when AEW came into town. I mean, I filmed it. That the first quarter of that song hits and there was a pop, like it's the nineties yeah. or the two thousands. I'm like, this is crazy. People still love the Hardys despite the story, despite uh, everything that's going on with both of those guys. As soon as that music hits, people love Jeff Hardy. Not mad as much, but they love, they love Jeff. Jeff. Hardy. They love <laughs> Jeff, and I. They're gonna always love Jeff. Like there's, I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to get heat from Matt because he was fighting with Jim Cornette this week. <laughs> I, I saw the back and forth of that. That got ugly. That got really, oh, really ugly. That. Yeah, it's a thing. Oh. It's a thing. Oh well, god. I mean, I and not shocking because Jim Cornette is constantly just you know shitting on the company that Matt works for. So I don't want any heat with Matt Hardy. I did that just as a joke <laughs> because uh, because uh, there was a time where wrestling wasn't cool, but the only thing that was cool was M- was MVP against uh, Matt Hardy. It's the only thing that kept it. Remember, they had the like these little uh, challenges, yeah. basketball, and all this stuff. That's the only thing that was interesting on the whole company at one point. So I got love for Matt Hardy. Uh, speaking of AEW, they are continuing despite having a show already on Saturday nights. Battle of the Belt Seven is returning, so you get three hours of live wrestling on Saturday nights as Battle of the Belts will follow Collision. However, there's only been one match that has been announced at this point. Luchasaurus versus Sean Spears. That do anything for you? It does not. Okay. And I saw Sean Spears on my TV last week, and I thought, okay, how many more Canadians can you just roll out there during this tour? <laughs> That's all that was. <laughs> here comes ten, he, and I like, oh, any more Canadians want to come out here? That's all that is, is because that you just want the pop from the Canadians from Canada. Yep. From Toronto, from Saskatoon, from Winnipeg. Like, that's that's all they want. This is the longest tour in the history of the business. I can't. They, I, I've never are they ever coming TV. back? Or are they just going to go straight to Wembley? Like, how many more cities in Canada are there to hit? This is it here. This is it. What we're going to have, that's it. After the Calgary thing, this is it. Uh, I mean, even WWE, I had to go back and do some research. I've never seen this many cities hit all in a row in They've Canada. They've been there for a month. Like seriously, like this is this is unbelievable how many cities they've hit. And because it's bad booking, you do all this, but you don't hit Vancouver, and I don't understand why. <laughs> You've been all over Canada. How about a little Vancouver action? Apparently not. Not good no. enough, I guess, for uh, for AEW. Um, a, a big week for AEW news coming out of Fightful Select, as um, they had a report that the the deal is right that they're negotiating potentially a new TV deal. Things seem yep. to be going good from the Warner Brothers Discovery people. They love, obviously, what's going on at AEW, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, seeing as they just added Collision and, and two more hours every week. Oh, wait, hold on a second. No, wait, no. It's a surprise to some people. Yeah, now, it for, should be. Not, 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 well, not to this show, but to, for some, it's like, oh, they're in the mud. And, oh, they're only drawing 800,000 people, you know, on a Wednesday night. And, oh, I don't know. No, Warner Brothers says, looks at this and goes, you're number one in cable last week? Hmm. How many downloads do you have yeah. with, with your YouTube? 
oh, yeah, let's get in bed together for a billion-dollar deal. We'll continue to do that. But the the, the interesting thing was they are pushing Warner Brothers Discovery for more pay-per-views and potentially doing one a month. Um, now, there's going to be six, six pay-per-views this year for, for AEW when you add in All In, which will be at Wembley. And, of course, um, what we already just saw to kick off this Canadian tour in, um, in Forbidden Door. So they'll have mm-hmm. six this year. I don't know if they're ready for 12. I, I don't. That, that seems like a big ask of the fan base unless they do something with Max the way that WWE has done with Peacock. I, I just can't imagine AEW fans willingly forking out $50 per month for whatever pay-per-views they have. So I understand why Warner Brothers Discovery would ask for this. I don't know if it makes sense to ask the fans of AEW to make this kind of commitment to the product yet. Okay, well, the number one thing we know that we both know and the audience knows is this is all wrapped around money. Mm -hmm. They're like, how about 12? That way you can monetize on that and be able to grow more money. If you're going to do this with Wembley without a card being mentioned, you can be able to have 12 pay-per-views. Okay, let's go back to the history of this, Gabe. You know, also did 12 pay-per-views, TNA. Oh, God. Right? Ah. Now, listen. Now, listen. AEW already is better than Impact ever yeah. was as far as the money that they've been able to make, the awareness, because Impact had a hard time even trying to find a TV deal. It was first it was like Fox Sports had a little clock on the top of the match, like seven minutes, eight minutes. They had to like the little yeah. clock because they're trying to make it like sports. Then they went dark for a while. Then they were on all these shows, these networks like Destination America and, you know, Spike. The Spike deal didn't work out. So they try to go to 12 pay-per-views. Okay. That's kind of where, where they kind of died. They're still alive. I'm not saying that they're completely dead, but the TNA part of that, it didn't work. Now, you want to do 12 pay-per-views? All right. So I'm making a negotiation. And I'm saying, okay, I'll give you 12. Can four of them be ROH? That way, I'm not saturating my product and making and watering down my product. You yeah, see what I'm saying like, like twelve pay per views, twelve pay per views, dynamite, collision, rampage. That's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, right? I, I just especially when your shows already are pay per view quality. Yeah, I, it's just one of those things where you're. And I think WWE creating the network and then going to that model was one of the smartest things they could have done because there are so many skippable pay-per-views that I don't miss now because, well, I've got Peacock might as well tune in because I think I I pay for the premium Peacock at $10 a month. That's, that's WrestleMania and SummerSlam. The rest of them are free. You know, I'm, I'm going to buy those anyway. If you go to 12 pay-per-views and you don't do some sort of model where you're getting a discount and they're all going to be 50 bucks or whatever, you're going to be having a lot of people miss a lot of your pay-per-views. That's just the way it is. Because but right I, now, asking asking people six times a year to pay the fifty bucks, and I'm sure there's still people that skip Revolu- that uh, skip uh, Revolution and skip uh, Full Gear. Mm-hmm. But the other ones are big enough where you you don't want to miss all in. You don't want to miss Double or Nothing. You're just going to get more skippable things that some people are going to pay for, but ultimately, in the long run, aren't going to be profitable. 
you just, uh, if that's what you have to do, if they're saying, hey, we want you to do 12 pay-per-views, my best advice is make sure you're booking solid. Like this, this can't be like Ken Anderson versus Sting and you want me to pay $29.95 for it like I had to do for TNA. That's how it was, Gabe. Like TNA tried, but they would have main events like Kevin Nash against somebody. And it's kind of like, I don't want to pay for that. I don't care what the the fancy name of the pay-per-view is. It's got to be special. These events are supposed to be special. UFC is and UFC's done a better job than wrestling with this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they they I mean, some of their UFC cards they may not all be great, but it's always one match you want to see. It's always one or at least two matches you want to see. All I'm saying for for uh, AEW is is like if you still have these pay-per-view quality matches on Dynamite and on Rampage and on Collision, then why should I pay for the pay-per-view? And that's when you got to try to figure out what you want to do. If you're going to do those 12 pay-per-views, then what does that say for the other TV stuff on the TV? Big question. Well, my other question is, so we know what they're doing for All In, and you can do it in Chicago in terms of having collision, and then you're running back the same night in the same building with your pay-per-view. Yeah. With having a Saturday show, to me, that complicates things. Like, what do you, are you, you're going to try to run the same building in back to back nights in where, you know, like, where, where are, where are some of these pay per views going to be? I, I just, I'm, I, I'm not quite sure they're at a point yet where they can be outside of Chicago selling an arena and selling that many tickets that many nights in a row. And even deeper in the weeds, can you name 12 markets that they could draw in now? A young company, is there 12 markets that they could draw in for pay-per-views? Honestly. No. <laughs> no. I mean, Milwaukee will draw. If it's yeah, a pay-per-view, oh, yeah. Milwaukee, if it's a pay-per-view will Milwaukee will be there. But, I mean, part of their problem is, like, the, the only two of their paper, well, I guess three of their pay-per-views, because I think you consider Forbidden Door, because they've done it twice, they've done it two years in a row now, of who knows what they do after all in. Yeah, but two of two of their their pay per views are ones in Vegas every year, ones in Chicago every year. Those are the really important ones. Like I know they've done, you know, full gear in Minneapolis, and yeah, I I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know of where you're going to be able to do play, do that. I, I asked uh, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. He was there in Minneapolis. Yeah. He's based out of St. Paul. I go. So how's the house? He goes, oof, six thousand. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and a WWE crowd too, because they were completely quiet. Even though, the, yeah, if we remember, the show was good. Oh, yeah. it was a WWE crowd, so they didn't know what to do. So it's kind of like, and, and so that matters too. Like, it, you have to be an idiot to go back to Vegas after the last couple of shows. That didn't work. Vegas was bad last mm-hmm. this year. So I mean, that's. It's, it's a lot to think about, but again, when when someone's handing you a boatload of cash, you don't turn it down. You try to figure it out. It's like if I'm Tony Khan, I'm like, all right, all of them, Daly's place. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Jacksonville. <laughs> it's like you know, because I can't give you twelve markets that they're successful in yet. But it's a young company, and you understand that, right? You're a hot company, but it doesn't. But AEW doesn't work everywhere. 
Not yet, yet. because people need to know more about them. I get it. Correct. I get it. Uh, And then finally, in news and notes, um, this also from Fightful Select of a list Mm -hmm. of banned moves uh, and things that need to be cleared with management before they do them. And it's a pretty extensive list, Jay Hood, um, in terms of things that need to be approved by a coach, spots and bumps on the ring apron outside, table ladder chair spots uh, in and out of the ring, um, only allowed with padding at point, apparently all pile driver tombstone variations. A lot of pile drivers happen in AEW. Uh, top yep. rope, a lot of top rope moves, a lot of uh, thumbtack skewers, things of that nature. Um, injury spots, angles, you know, if somebody's going to be injured, all these things now need to be um, cleared along with um, things that they have banned Unprotected chair shots, which we kind of knew about after Cody took the unprotected chair shot from the aforementioned Sean Spears uh, right at the beginning of the company. Shots to the back of the head, which does that mean Adam Cole's move is banned? Okay. Uh, (laughs) You have to do it with a side headlock takedown. Yeah. uh, Buckle bombs, blind moves backwards into the turnbuckle, uh, fencing responses, which... You know, again, you're you're selling a brain injury, and and they 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 want to avoid some of those things. But there are a lot of different things. It is a long, extensive list of things that they are trying to ban to to make their product safer for not just them and and their athletes, but also potentially for fans. So you know what all that means. And again, shout out to Sean Rossap. He's been killing it for Fightful Select. Um, you know what this means. You're growing up as a company. You're, you're, you're an adult now. You're not, you've been a baby for a while, allowing all this indie shit to happen on your show. And, but now you're an adult company. We have to protect the wrestlers. How, well, how about that? You can't have these thumbtack spots in the middle, at, you know, the second match on the card. You know, you can't. So how about that? You're actually growing up as a company, taking responsibility, saying we have to protect you guys. To, because even though what you did on the weekends in the indies was cool, you can't be doing this on you know, because I'm sure Warner Brothers Discovery looked at this too, and just like, yeah, you know, we—they're we, not trying to make it PG. They're not trying to do what they did with WCW at the end. What they're doing is making sure it is safe, and rightfully so. Makes a lot of sense. Again, uh, check out uh, Fightful Select for more details mm-hmm. on that. Which brings us to. What was your match of the week? I, pretty much everything from SmackDown got thrown out because, like, yeah, it made yes. it so it made the selection process easier because there wasn't really any match-worthy things that happened on SmackDown with all the bloodline shenanigans. I'm gonna have to put these on uh, GKW underscore wrestling on our Twitter for people to vote because we always have like two or yeah. three. So I'm always gonna have three. I'll have three, two, one. Okay. I'm gonna do that. I do that every week. So. Number three for me was uh, Dark Order against the Elite on Rampage. So good. So so good, but yet the show is disappointing. I mean, it's your 100th uh, you know, episode of Rampage, and you would think 100 would be a banger, and the first match was good, and then the rest of it, not right so now. good. Uh, that's number three, Dark Order against the Elite. Um, number two, Zoe Stark against uh, Becky Lynch on mm-hmm. Raw. Uh, uh, Becky gave Zoe a lot. A lot. Uh, and I liked it because um, Becky could have just, you know, humbled her quickly. But Zoe Stark, it just shows you her association with Trish Stratus uh, has empowered her to be able to be, I think, a next level superstar. Yeah. It's, it's on the it, way. It, you got you got to wrestle a match 
with one of the biggest women stars, one of the biggest stars, period. Like Becky Lynch as the man character, not this iteration, but the one before yeah. was one of the biggest things that WWE had done. So now you get to wrestle with that person on Monday Night Raw. Like that's that's such a huge rub for her. It's such a big spot for her and she delivered. Uh, the number, the best match for the week is FTR, FTR against Juice Robinson and Jay yeah. White on, on Collision. Um, because there was a cancellation uh, with Athena against uh, Willow. And that's a match I really wanted to see because I saw it on ROH. It got canceled. So FTR and Juice Robinson and Jay White get 29 Hell minutes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Now, again, it's like, ah, non-title, yeah. right? But we, now we get a two out of three right? matchup. On, oh, on Saturday. I don't know why yeah, that's right. not like the entire – honestly – do a two out of three falls match. Don't put it on collision. Put it on Battle of the Belts. Just make it the entire hour. Like, I don't need to see Luchasaurus and Sean Spears. Just make the two out of three with those four. Like, those those four in the show they put on collision last uh, last week, because that was my number one match as well. And, and Zoe Stark mm-hmm. and Becky Lynch was my only, I thought, WWE worthy one, just because the main event was so clunky for Raw, like which was shocking. And, and there were reports that they weren't, the guys got a little heated after the uh, the, the six man tag because it just didn't work. Um, so and again, and, and Friday Night SmackDown pretty much got thrown out. I thought the only match worthy of discussion was Becky Lynch and, and Zoe Stark. But what they did on Collision, man, yeah, fight forever. Like that, they, they were fantastic. It was just great the way they told the story, the false finishes, like. Everything they did was fantastic to set up a two out of three falls um, for this upcoming Saturday for a collision. Shout out to Miz and Ciampa as well. Miz actually winning a match? Is that allowed? I mean, I finally won one. I mean, we had the outside interference, but just uh, the reason why I just give it like a, a, a courtesy, like a slight mention is because the bumps that Miz took through oh, yeah. a table, that's not Miz. No. I'm like, whoa. It's like you could see the pain and the drool coming out of his mouth. He was in he was into pain. I've never seen him like that before. I said, Oh my god. He's like, Am I in AW or am I in WWE? Like he's I like so Miz has hats off to him. He's had some good matches. He's oh had yeah. Some good matches. Yes. So yeah. And Champa, you know, Champa was fantastic as well so plenty of other things of course always to get into when it comes to professional wrestling and i'm sure we'll get into every last one of them next week right here on gkw